That, that, that's dumb. This is just dumb. <laughs> so dumb, it's brilliant. It's not brilliant. No, it's, it's just, just dumb. dumb. <laughs> Well, welcome to a, a very special episode of Three and a Half Gentlemen, the podcast, where three of the four hosts provide a refined and intellectual analysis of movies from our private collections, and one of us tries desperately to keep up. We'll let you decide which host is which, but for now, my name is Sean, and with me, as always, are my co-detectives, Jeremiah. Dong. <laughs> That's a good one. Eddie. Dude, don't dance with pineapple. <laughs> and Brandon. <laughs> Shit balls. That was, I like that one. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I liked it. That was better. That was a good, it was a good effort. Oh, like he, oh. he participated. He participated. I did. That's good. I, did. I actually quoted it. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with season four, we have returned to form from season one, where we are handpicking movies that we just want to talk about. However, tonight we're going to be a talk, taking a look at a new release from the very end of 2022. Uh, it's on Netflix, right, guys? Yep, Netflix. It is indeed. As with every review we give, our goal is to answer one simple question. How many drinks does it take to get through the film, or in this case, a special we just watch? Now, at the end of the podcast, we'll rate the movies or series based on a scale of zero to five. Zero being a perfect film that you can watch it stone cold sober, and five being sort of the film that makes you want to incinerate your mansion and your precious artwork in a fiery inferno. Double mother effers right there. With, Middle fingers. Uh, with that, it. what movie do we have uh, being solved this evening tonight, gentlemen? So punk rock. <laughs> so tonight we have the Ryan Johnson-directed follow-up sequel to 2019's Whodunit Knives Out. 2022's Glass Onion follows private detective Benoit Blanc, the Southern Bayou's response to Sherlock Holmes when he travels to a Grecian island where five frenemies gather at the mansion of Miles Braun, a recluse genius? Question mark, question mark, question mark. At the gathering, old secrets get uncovered as backs start getting stabbed. The phenomenal cast of Glass Onion is led by Daniel Craig, and Craig is joined by Edward Norton, Kate Hudson, Janelle Monet, Catherine Hahn, and many, many more great actors, including Hugh Grant. The film has an IMDb rating of 7.4 out of 10 and Wait, has a critic score of 93%. Hugh Grant was where? Hugh Grant, Grant was, was uh, Benoit Blanc's lover. Angle Craig. He was. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, he was. Yep. He, he was there the for a, like, a, like oh, 30 seconds. The, the people oh. that they got in this film to just, just do little like little cameos was fucking amazing. Cameos? Yep. Well, yeah. this is yeah. – uh, shout, shout out to my uh, my, my girl – um r.i.p here uh angela uh, angela lansbury this was her last on-screen yes. performance and i have to tell you she was magnificent as always so uh she raise, one up, raise one up to angela lansbury so raise one up uh, pour one out this sure. she wrote but i mean not only that you got so, ethan hawk was in it you you had yo-yo ma joseph gordon levitt was the dong did you know that yep. he was the guy who said yep. dong uh so anyway <laughs> really? uh, so, yeah he was so before Sean interrupted, uh, this has an audience score of 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Boom. Hey, Brandon, what about Yo. the one guy? Uh, what's his name? Noah, uh, Noah Segan? Oh, you know yeah. who I'm talking oh, about? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dar- he was Daryl. Uh, Daryl. Daryl. He's in every fucking Ryan Johnson movie. 
Back all the way from Brick and shit. Well, as with every movie Brick review, is a we damn try good to pair movie. our selection with a drink that we feel reflects the film. So, Ed, why don't you take us through the cocktail that we will be enjoying this evening? So tonight, guys, we're making the drink heavily inspired by the characters and events of Glass Onion. Uh, we have the pineapple kombucha. Simply pour some kombucha in the glass and add a shot of vodka. Make sure you pour in some pineapple juice to get the little thrill. Uh, but just make sure you aren't uh, allergic to pineapple, all right? Or else. Uh, so, Eddie, not. this is not uh, Jerry Leto's hard kombucha. I mean, really, and it should have Jer- some of Jeremy Renner's what hot sauce that you put a little in. Jeremy Renner. Really, I <laughs> wanted that. I hope that's Adam, a real thing. <laughs> I was hoping that was a real thing. I, was, I looked for it. I was like, it's not real. Okay, so well, oh, this man. is a very uh, this is a very specific cocktail mm. to this specific movie, <laughs> and as somebody yeah. who absolutely hates kombucha, kombucha. So, <laughs> I don't like kombucha, no, bro. Kombucha is disgusting. So anyway, mm. kombucha cleans you out. Yeah, you better inside be prepared out, for this cocktail. You. It might uh, yeah. take some time. I got more pineapple. <laughs> I got extra pineapple in mine. All right, let's uh, let's start. Oh God, let's start with the uh, with the movie itself, and and I think it's it's very important to note that Knives Out I thought was absolutely a fantastic uh, introduction into the world of Benoit Blanc, and to get a second one I think is a little bit of a treat for us, especially during COVID, um, where the, the filming took place kind of at the end of COVID, and and I think I think it was really cool to get all these people together. I actually love the intro of this film. I mean, did you think it was kind of a more of like a clever way of the, like the invitation? But I have to say, the best scene for me is when Daniel Craig's playing Among Us with Angela Lansbury and Kareem, and, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and then I think he's playing with Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim. Stephen Sondheim. Serena Williams. I think and Serena then, Williams. No. Natasha Leon was uh, right. Natasha Leon was the third. Yeah. Yeah. Which is really cool because uh, Stephen. If you don't know, like he did compose and did all the lyrics and music for Demon Barber and the Fleet Street, but he also did wrote this movie uh, from 1973, which is called The Last of Sheila, which is kind of like really influenced for this type of movie, what Ryan Johnson did for Glass Onion, which is pretty cool about a bunch of people going to a, a yacht and like, you know, finding a mystery type of a killing. So it's pretty cool. So and I will say that it had a uh, it had a, a lot of Agatha Christie. It had a lot of Death on the Nile vibes going into it, where you have you know kind of crazy characters. You have Dave Bautista, who you know is is just larger than life in most of the roles, but this one was particularly good. His girlfriend. You've got Kate Hudson, who didn't even look like Kate Hudson to me. She looks completely different. Um, she was funny. Yeah, she was fantastic. Yeah. And then you've got um, who else? You got you got Edward Norton, obviously. And then um, who else was there? There was like Catherine Hahn. Catherine Hahn. Yeah. And I was a little upset to not that we didn't get to see Catherine Hahn's husband because in the movie, uh, I think his name is something Dallas. Um, he is a really yes. good actor. Yeah. He's a really good actor, and he blends. You get in him a little bit, a little bit, but you didn't get him a lot. But you, you really do get to see him uh, in, in all these other roles. He blends into whatever movie or, or 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 TV show he's in, and he becomes like these different types of characters. I mean, he's like the epitome of a of a you know a supporting actor where he just kind of blends in, and he's just fantastic. Yeah. Guys, let me ask you something. Like Hannah was like watching this, and she was like. Oh my God! Like the beginning of this movie reminds me of Ethical Christina, and then we're none when they all come go in the boat. They go in the island, and you watch Dave actually die the same way how the first person in the book die mm-hmm. by drinking something, and just like and that's how the mystery goes. 
but also like you know ryan johnson also kind of steals a lot of things she's saying from like knives out because it has like that uh vibe uh, adele by innocence do you feel like he steals a lot from agatha christie in these movies yes i do uh here's the thing yeah i i think that uh you know in the mid 20th century the the whodunits was really kind of the the driving you know mystery film and we loved we loved the mystery back in the in the mid 20th century and i feel like over the last you know really 40 years 50 years nobody really gives a shit about murder mysteries as much right now it's more about you know um you know murder revenge maybe but not so much the mystery and i think that ryan johnson he's not really kind of stealing from agatha christie as much as he's stealing from just the genre the the style the type you got sherlock holmes you got the detective and i mean yeah it's it's definitely agatha christie but that's because agatha christie was playing in such a they're playing the same sport you know so they're playing the same ballpark but i think that what ryan johnson does that's really really interesting is that he in in, you know kind of infects the the stale whodunit genre with a lot of of kind of newness and, and Sean, i don't know you, you you are more of the mystery i'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna disagree with you slightly yeah because i've read you know all yeah. 50 some on her Poro books he's he is perhaps <laughs> That's not a lie he's detective of all time <laughs> um no but these uh what what is what what Ryan Johnson stole from Agatha Christie, which he blatantly stole, is yes. the introduction of these over the top characters. So if you look, and that's yeah. how every Agatha Christie story starts, is you're introduced to the millionaire, the heiress, the and they all have these secrets. And as you go through, those secrets are revealed. Those the onion is peeled back, and you find out that the story is not about what you think it's about. Um, you know, it's not about the illicit affair or it's not about, you know, the murder of the uh, of Roger Ackroyd is not about Roger Ackroyd even. It's it's about so many other things. Um, <laughs> and so as you peel back the, the layers, you, you really get the true nature of the characters and what you thought to be the character's characteristics turn out not to be the character's characteristics. And that's what yeah. I was most interested in this in this film to see is I was waiting for the turn. I was waiting for the moment were all of these characters that were, uh, to me, just disgusting and hateful, right? So I'm watching this movie. He's an influencer who says some pretty nasty things uh, on on his little Twitter feed or whatever you want to call it, his Twitch feed. Um, uh, Dave? Dave, you're talking yeah, about Dave, Dave Batista right? was yeah. he was kind of disgusting. Um, Duke. Duke. And then you have kind of their whole lifestyle I found a little disgusting. You've got Kate Hudson, who's obviously being offensive to the Jewish community. You've got, um, and she's, you know, an influencer, quote unquote, disruptor. You've got all these people who are on their face kind of disgusting. <coughs> yeah. So when they come to this island, I was waiting for the turn. I was waiting to know what actually drives all these characters. What is what is the history of all these characters? It's like when you find out that Marilyn Monroe's, you know, really real name is Norma Jean. That's the kind of revelation that I was looking for. And I got it. I thought this this movie did a very good job of doing that. You also you also had uh what was it Lion, Lionel and uh who's Catherine play uh, Claire. Claire. Right? So they're they're more I think they're just more yes, yes people. Like they're just trying to get their, they're trying to get their little part of the pie, and they're along for the ride. I don't think they're, 
I don't think they did anything bad officially yet. I mean, they, no, they, they're parsed they up bad. They absolutely did horrible, oh, did. terrible things. Not, yeah. They sold their soul. Yeah. They sold much, their man. soul, yeah. but they're not as bad as the first other two, I think. Ah. I think Dave Bautista and Kate Hudson are worse. That's why. I, I mean, they oh, basically no. sold a technology that was going to literally kill everyone. So well, uh, that's what Lionel said. He said no <laughs> to it. He's like, he never gave, Lionel never gave the okay for well, it. Well, yeah. He, and then you find so, out so, later so, he actually he, kind of did. <laughs> here's what I, here's ahead, what I think Ed is saying. I, know, I, thought, here, I thought he did. You know, here, here's what I think Ed is saying. And if, if you're saying this, Ed, then I support you. But if you're not saying this, then fuck you, buddy. But what I think you're saying is that they show some <laughs> kind of remorse and try to um, try to make themselves better in the present to make up for the the problems of the past. I think that's uh, exactly that, that's what I'm feeling. Too. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I, yes. I, I buy. I buy that. Characters. I buy that. They're yes, trying they, to redeem. They themselves. see what they're they done wrong. They're trying to yeah, exactly. They they're trying to redeem. It, yeah, yeah. Okay, I, in that Kate case, Hudson and Dave Batista, they don't give a fuck. Right. Yeah. Well, Kate Hudson's character is over the top, idiotic, and, and yeah, to me at times really, really frustrating. Um, but I think she plays the ditzy character. She plays the character fantastic. And I don't know. I, I'm going to say something that's probably going to get a lot of hate mail from you guys. Um, I don't know what it is, but I can't stand Dave Batista as an actor. I just cannot stand him. He's just one of those guys. I think, I, don't hit, I think he's hit and miss. I think I think he's hit and miss. I think he hit in this movie yeah. for a lot of people. Um, for me, uh, I, I think he's wonderful in Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy. I think he, that's his best role ever. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I didn't dislike him in this. But he didn't really shine for me. Like I think Kate yeah. Hudson shunned. I think um, Edward Norton shun out. I think uh, and forgive me, I can't remember his name. Um, he was the scientist. Um, I thought he was. I, I, I've never seen him. Lionel. Lionel. Yeah, he's a uh, Les, Leslie Odom. Leslie Odom Jr. Leslie Odom Jr. Yeah. Oh yeah. shh. No, hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. From on. Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fucking Leslie, Leslie Odom. Odom Jr. No yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah, okay, from Hamilton. I'm being an idiot, thinking I've never seen him before because he looks so different, had such a different accent. <laughs> that dude's a great actor. <laughs> Yes, he is. How about the uh, the also uh, Andy uh, Janelle uh, Monet? Yeah, yeah. Monet oh, she, is seriously she did like a good she rock this fucking movie, dude. I don't know why you guys. I I saw this movie not once, but like two times, three times. And when you watch it the second time, it's so much enjoyable that you get to see all the hints and clues right. of all these yeah. of everything that's getting played out. Yeah. I just I love films and like I will that. say yeah. I will say so, it's the same as reading a, 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 the novels again, the Hercule Poirot novels. Mm-hmm. You you mm-hmm. you spend half the novel going, what the. F- is going on why is this taking so long to get to something and then and then all of a sudden it gets there and it's like no no go back go back i, I want it to last longer yeah <laughs> go ahead, so so okay so i i got i got two things i know we haven't really uh covered it but i feel like we, we no longer just kind of go through it uh chronologically but um first i've got to ask you guys question on did you see the reveal coming as far as who it was uh that was the murderer do we want to talk about that now, or do we want to wait? We can talk about that right I, now because should we talk about now and later? I don't think yeah. so. I didn't. I didn't see it coming. No, I, no, I did. No, I, I did because I feel like Norton you is, saw it coming. I did because I feel like Norton is kind of typecast at this point to just be like the guy. So there, there was a couple <laughs> things that I, I was surprised about, and a couple things that I saw coming. Number one, I saw. Edward Norton being the villain for three reasons. Yeah. And it was really early in the, in the movie. The first one was when we found out that he didn't actually make the, the puzzle box. And that's when I started to go, 
well, he's the brilliant, like, genius guy. It's so Miles. It's all they keep saying, oh, my God, Miles has this mystique. And in the, the first freaking, like, 15 minutes, the first conversation with Benoit, Benoit Blanc, he goes, no, 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 I, you know, my guy only made, like, three of them or four four of them, one prototype, and then got them out to the people. And I'm like, well, yeah. what, do you, what do you mean your guy? And then I was like, is there a guy behind the scenes? Is Miles not really Miles? Is Miles, like, a front for someone else? Yeah. And I went down that rabbit hole a little bit. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then when he was playing Paul McCartney's guitar, uh, The Beatles, because I love that song so much, and – Paul McCartney plays that guitar left-handed, and I swear to God, it's yeah. I love this. And I'm like, why is he playing it right-handed? Is, oh, maybe he's playing it upside down. So I was just like, what, that was one of the things that bothered me. Yeah. And I, apparently a lot of people caught that one, and I'm like, it pissed me off because I was like, that that's Paul McCartney. If that's really Paul McCartney's guitar, and you're playing Blackbird, literally one of my favorite songs of all time, why are you why are you playing it right-handed? <laughs> Yeah, so he's he's a fake. He's a fake, right? I mean, no, at the he's an end. idiot. I didn't, he's a, uh, dude. He's pretending to be the guy, but he's yeah. an idiot. He's a fake. I, I'm just gonna let you know. Like I was watching with this Hannah, and when he fucking said that word, I kid you not, he goes abbreviate. Yeah, Hannah goes and looks at me. And she's like, that that doesn't make sense. Yeah. That's not a fucking word. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I mean, here, I I have no idea what she's talking about. Like, what are you talking about? Because I don't know. I'm not a fucking editor that yeah. ed- medical books. And she's like. That's not a word, dude. There was a I'm couple like, times oh, I was like, "Oh, he's full of shit." And when he, when he said, "Yeah, yeah," huh? <laughs> like when he, when he, when he said that, and when he finally sees uh, um, Andy for the first time, you see him. There's two different reactions. You see him like, "Oh shit, you're here," and the second time you see, it, you're like, "Oh shit, you're supposed to be dead." <laughs> it's a really good fucking like way to see how he. It's a real cool way how he approached that. And that was the turn yeah. I think that really set the movie off and changed it for me because in the first, I would say until that turn, I was like, "This is kind of stupid." Like this is kind of a stupid fucking movie. Yes, yes, Go ahead, yeah. So for it. me, it was it, for for me, uh, it was when Benoit figures out the murder mystery uh, three seconds after you know he's supposed to get <laughs> shot or whatever. <laughs> Um, like to me, I was going the same thing. I was going this. I don't like this because I really, I really like Knives Out. I'm going to talk about this more later with my scoring, but I really like Knives Out. I thought Knives Out was great, and then this beginning, it just to me, it was stupid. Everybody they're, they're figuring so out these fast. clues together. Like I thought it was kind of cool that they're doing it together, but at the same time, I'm like, this is dumb. Then you got Dave Bautista's mom who's answering all these questions, and it's not funny it's to me. So stupid. And then all of a sudden. Benoit, yeah, Benoit Blanc. He just was was, like, okay, by the way, it was her, and this is why. And and you just see Edward Norton. You know, see you see Miles's face just drop because he had this whole plan for the whole weekend. To me, that was the turning point of the whole movie, and it changed it into a great thing. Um, And then something we do need to talk about, and that is that middle section, the Act Two, where we go back in time, which to me was midpoint brilliant on so many damn levels. It was it was perfect did you guys get that part when she was running andy to a blanc and she and he literally goes helen, he calls her helen like yeah and i'm like whoa what the fuck's going on and then literally like oh shit we're seeing another fucking film here. <laughs> yeah oh, and, it, and you would have been happy jeremiah throughout it give you a little bit of a clue vibe when they're um oh it did the yeah. table oh my god i was and loving it like yeah loving and it, it just you know who who done it I was waiting for that and one of the things that that I think Benoit Blanc is is very dangerous to create a character like this, right? So Hercule Poirot is probably one of the most flamboyant detectives. Sherlock Holmes is a deducer of, you know, cigar ash. You've got these great 
people in history who have solved crime. To introduce someone like Benoit Blanc, he's got to be different. And what I think makes him so much more different than than Sherlock Holmes or or uh, Poirot is that he engages not just with the psychology like Poirot and not just with the evidence like Sherlock Holmes, but with the people. He actually gets to know yeah. the people involved and then uses their nature to solve the crime. And I think that's a totally unique and cool way to go about it. So this movie, I personally feel, I don't know if you guys would feel the same way, but this movie made me want to go back to Knives Out. Yeah. Made me just, I feel like mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate Knives Out enough. Uh, and then after watching this movie, I was like, okay, like I get this whole world now. Uh, what's his name? Uh, the detective. Oh, Bo- no, Bo- and Bo- also the detective. Yeah, his whole idea. Like I, at first, the Knives Out, I wasn't for it. But now I re- after watching this movie and going back to Knives Out, I get it a little bit more and I enjoy it a lot better. I think they definitely help each other out. And I like this one more than Knives Out. I don't know if you guys are feeling the same. I personally like this one more than I like the glass mm. onion. I felt like it just kept opening. I just, it just kept opening up for me. There's so many different layers here. Go ahead. Uh, one of the, one of the aspects of knives out that was so unique was that it introduced you to characters that were so flamboyant and over the top. And yet you didn't really, you've never had that before in a whodunit murder mystery. I mean, you had it kind of with clue, right. Going back to, the, you know, it's been some time it's been some time and and i really thought that what he did with knives out was take a whole genre and put it on his head and that's he's like it's so funny because he was a disruptor in that genre this movie was a a follow-on to that so it wasn't unique in that respect what was unique about this one is that it took a storyline that could have been a very similar storyline to knives out kept it kind of serious kept it kind of um I don't know, more linear. And then they, they kind of fuck with the timeline and fuck with the, with the characters all yeah. over the place. And I thought that was successful. Um, as yeah. far as one, one of the things that I did want to want to kind of point out is why the fuck did Ryan Johnson do such a shitty job with star Wars when he does two magnificent yeah. movies like this? I, I had that thought too. But, I agree. Wait, you guys said it. He's a disruptor, man. What do you want him to Disrupt do, man? He fucking like, you know, don't make bro, it. He does disrupt and, Right, just have the same fucking strip you have here, for, bro. Just put lightsabers in people's yeah. hands, bro. You're good. <laughs> I mean, Gareth Edwards. Gareth Edwards. Didn't he do Rogue One? That was disruptive. Do something like that, shit. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh well, you know the problem with Gareth, he didn't have Tony Gilroy to save his That's ass true. on that one, dude. I was just say the problem is that I just looked up Ryan Johnson and he's slated to do one of the prequels. He's doing he's doing one of the well, Star Wars prequels, so we're gonna get you him know, again. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be better. Nah, I cannot. Be cannot. He's supposed to be doing another Knives Out movie. There's, he he's been attached to do a third one already. Right. Yeah. So let me ask you guys a question. What type of story vibe that you want for the third personal. story? Personal. It's going to be personal you know? to Benoit Blanc. So the only way that if, if this is going to be a trilogy that finishes out a Benoit Blanc yeah. story, I want a little bit of an origin story. I want something to come back from his past. And what ideally I would like is for him to have solved He wants Skyfall. That- Look at him. No, I want him to solve a crime. I want him to solve a crime that has proven to be that he was wrong, that he's going to go back into his past and he's got to doubt who he is and come back and actually, you know, become the the Benoit Blanc that we know. Brandon, what do you think, man? I'm thinking, oh, God, I'm thinking it has to be something. (sighs) Okay, so I'm going more like – business like like a big business uh instead of a personal story so I, sean I, I actually want to see your movie more than i want to see my movie um but i'm thinking <laughs> more of like 
um you know what I'm saying? It's not what's what's the fucking word? Not entrepreneurial, corporate not business, but corporate. Yes, a corporate, a corporate like espionage. I think that that would be the oh, next like thing. big business, like big oil, like yes. big, like yeah, yeah, something like that. Hmm. Eddie, what do you think? Me? Yeah. What What was the first one taking place? That was I in the U.S. Yeah, yeah, that it was, was kind of like, like an U.S. old mansion south. type of place, so, wasn't it? Yeah. I would like to see possibly like. Uh, this is just a spitball, but like a, like a, uh, like a play, like a, like a Black Swan vibe to it, but with him, with like, th- like there's, a, it was a big show, and it happened in front of a bunch of people, and somebody got killed in front of a whole bunch of audience, and him having the, a, a, a big major murder that happened in front of everyone. I want him. I want to see like a, the top of the line. Somebody really got killed. Uh, I see what you're like, saying. And that's this, cool. like the top of the line. Like somebody got killed that he he's really in charge of investigating this. I don't know. I like Sean's best though. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Jerry, what you got? I actually hope that, um, Daniel Craig and Hugh Grant go on a mystery together or something like that. Like kind of like a Holmes and Watson type of vibe. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that, that would awesome. be just fucking great. Where they're just both of them trying to work it out and everything like that and trying to figure out the mystery and the and the murder or something. But just to have both of them banter off one another, I think that would be one of the funniest and great fucking like. I love just Hugh, like, uh, Hugh Grant. And I can yeah. say Hugh Grant, Hugh Grant, if, if they do this, Hugh Grant has to be the least logical person ever. He has to believe everything. Oh, that would be great. He has yeah. to just, yeah, full conspiracy theory with his little notebook. Oh, and Blanc has to explain every detail to him and shit like that. That would be funny. That would be fucking great. Oh, I would. I, I'm on board for. Oh, I, first of all, I'm on board for whatever they do. I was completely blown away. I, I thought this kind of. I don't know. It surprised me because I was not expecting a lot, and it kind of just the the film hit me in a way that I, I tickled me. It freaking tickled me, and I I don't get I, I don't get that much. Do you guys give uh, like you know Edward Norton some props in this movie because he is not aging. <laughs> go back, go back, and if you really want to know why I, I believe Edward Norton doesn't get a lot of roles, is um, the roast of I want to say uh, now I can't think of his name, John McClane, uh, bald guy, Bruce, Bruce, Bruce Willis. Willis. Um, the the roast of Bruce Willis, Bruce Willis, and he he gives a roast <laughs> to Bruce Willis that is the most honest, hilarious, and just like it's so fucking true. Uh, because Edward Norton loves to indulge in his characters, and he, he's a, he's a very method actor, and he gets involved in it, and nobody wants to hire him, and they'll fucking hire Bruce Willis at seventy years old to jump off a plane and blow shit up, and he doesn't understand. <laughs> And he, he he really does give this like great recitation of why he doesn't get the roles that he wants. Um, and furthermore, I think he's uh, I think he's done some fantastic work, and it would ruin his career just to start doing bad shit. And I don't think he'll do that. I think he's very particular yeah, he's about the roles. He's yeah. I mean, there's one movie that comes to mind: uh, the score. I don't know if I, anyone has seen that. But yeah. oh my goodness, uh, Robert, he, De Niro? Robert De Niro. Um, I want to say Marlon Brando. Um, Italian uh, job, uh, Italian job. But I would Italian say I would say was that great. was even kind of yeah, more that was more into his typecasting where he's kind of the villainous behind the scenes guy. Was he in the Kingdom of Heaven? Kingdom of Heaven with uh, Orlando. Yes, Bloom? he was. Well, he he was the leper. He he was behind right. the mask. I don't think he was even credited. 
Um, but oh, he was shit. fantastic in that. that Still, I, and I don't know. Tell me, did you get that vibe when he finally does the turn and he does the the bad guy monologue? I had such a, a Tyler Durden feel to that. Oh moment. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It was it was all him. Yeah. Well, I you just see his seen... Fight Club picture in the background. I, yeah, I kept yeah. seeing that. I was like, "Is this is this is this him? Fight Club? Is this?" <laughs> I just, no way! He has a picture of himself in Fight Club. <laughs> so supposedly that's Brad Pitt's body, and they painted his face on top of Brad Pitt's body. So <laughs> I imagine him He's being Tyler a really cool guy. Like, I just imagine him being really funny and a cool guy to have a drink with. I don't know why. Well, uh, yeah. there's so many homages. This movie has so many homages to other film, other pop culture, other references. It just makes you like. It makes you enjoy cinema. You keep going back to these movies like that could be great that ruin it by. It's like Ryan Johnson's like, nah, we're turning that off. We're making it funny. Everyone's just going to be funny, and we're going to rely on the humor. <laughs> um, I, I have a question. So I, I think I don't know if it was Sean that who who do you guys think was the murderer? Like personally, like, oh, I, I, think well, I, I thought it was said, I thought it was Ed Norton from, from the very from the whole time. You, you didn't question it. Yeah, all. because no, because I'm like, okay, Ed Norton is. I I thought what it was going to do. So I, I, I thought it was going to be something different. So when he invites them to his murder, I thought it was actually going to be like he was setting up his murder like a suicide almost that he was going to. That's what to, I thought. To yeah. Bid adieu to the world. Then when I realized that that's not the case, that it was actually just a, a scam game. Uh, I was like, OK, well, I'm going to see where this goes. And then when when Batista, when um, what's his name? Um, Batista dies. Uh, I, I realized at that point, yeah, it's it's got to be Ed Norton. It's got to be. I didn't know how, but I knew it, it had to be him. But when Duke when Duke says, are we going to be able to talk to you? And Ed Norton goes, yeah, I'm not going to be dead. You just can't ask me about the murder. I'm like, how how is this going to work? Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Once again, it was like, this is dumb. You were du- you're a dummy. <laughs> yeah. Jeremy, who did you think it was on this? I honestly was kind of like just going with the flow with it. I thought everyone was going to try to kill him, actually. I thought it was going to be one of those type of things. They're, they're all going to mm-hmm. gang up. They're going to try to do the perfect murder type of situation. Just like, you know, murder on the uh, Orient murder, Express. Murder on the, yeah. on the Express. That's what I thought was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, you only get away with once. Like, And this was what was brilliant about uh, Agatha Christie as a writer, is that she she did that one time. There was never another time yeah, exactly. where you got like multiple murderers and it was like, I mean... Death on the Nile kind of had to, but not really. It had, you know, like a plan, a plot. Uh, anyone who wants to see that, I think it's on HBO Max. Fantastic movie. Um, but I'm, I'm telling you right now, you, you, there's, there's, you only get away with this once. So next movie, you can't have – Ryan Johnson can't rely on the same trope that he relied on in one or two. So now he's got to do a whole new one for yeah. three, which is going to be hard. That's going to be a hard task. I feel like this is the downfall of the – easy how you can just go back now with netflix right even dvd you had to go like oh it's playing i'm not going to rewind it or fast forward it but when he when uh miles said oh that's that's my drink who's trying to kill me did anyone actually like pause going back to this motherfucker <laughs> and i did no. i was like oh did you no he didn't oh, no yeah way. he gave him the drink i it's you edward Norton. oh you did I, okay the liar no. i did oh yes. man i, I did i did rewind I, wikipedia I, man I, I, I did, did rewind I was it. Like, yeah. this guy's a liar. Really? No, I, I, re- I rewound it with the uh, with the Helen character. So like I went back halfway through before the actual, I guess, act two flashback. And I went back to when she first arrives uh, on the island. And so I watched that again. 
um, and didn't learn anything new except for the fact that everybody was just surprised that she was there. So I think there are certain things that you can rewind and, and be just as in the dark the second time as you were in the first time. And I think that that really marks a good storytelling vibe that, that Johnson was able to do. I love how he was able to actually start the whole movie over again and you see a completely different movie. And I love the part where uh, Janelle just starts like, you know, breaking shit, breaking things up. And it's literally the same way how she's doing it is the same way how Miles was using the description of what disruptors are all about. It's like almost foreshadowing, you know, bigger things, you know, and then they're willing to break things and then nobody doesn't want you to break something. And then she's like breaking small things. So bigger thing. And then she goes for and painting. I thought that was really and, and, and I'll build off that for a moment, Jeremiah, before before Brandon gets in there, is the idea of them turning on Miles was also started as a disruptor with her breaking the material in that room, which caused the you know, it just was this this um snowball into them realizing that yes, they can stand up to Miles too. There's a there's a philosophical yeah. adjustment or disruption yep. as well. Go ahead, uh, uh yeah. yeah, so so this movie, unfortunately, uh, tapered off for me. So I thought that the first part was eh. second part where we get the, the flashback and we find out who Helen was and, and who, um, you know, the sister connection and everything thought that was fucking brilliant. When we find out that it's miles, I wasn't super surprised, but at the same time I was like, okay, that's great. Then we do need to talk about this and I want to see what you guys think about it. But when she gets shot, of course they pull the old school. Oh, the book blocked the bullet. That one pissed me off, like actually made me upset that that's where they went. And then for me, the ending, it didn't hit. It didn't land. Uh, I was I, I get what you're saying about them disrupting and she's kind of leading the charge against Miles. I thought that was cool. But the fact that they blow up the entire house and they burn the Mona Lisa, which to me, the Mona Lisa, I know Sean has this love of uh, the statue of David. For me, the Mona Lisa, seeing the Mona Lisa was literally life changing. Like Mona Lisa, I know this is stupid and, and childish, but that was like a life changing moment. Seeing her and so seeing her destroyed pissed me off and gave me a, like was like, well, I'm, I need to get drunk now at Agreed. this point just to make this OK. But uh, no, the big Agreed. thing for like me was when the, when the when the book caught the bullet I, I, it just pissed me off i don't i want to see your thoughts on that okay so i didn't really have a problem with it whatsoever i thought it was just like okay this is how it's gonna go i'm going with the flow with this movie i have no expectation with this movie and then i'm like okay so she does survive this is interesting foreshadowing of a lot of things that what kind of miles was talking about where you know the quote is are you willing to break things that nobody doesn't want you to break and then she literally does exactly what he says in the fucking end of the movie which is great so I didn't have a problem with it, man. I'll go next with that one. I wish it was a I that I know personally that type of gun, that's gonna go right through that damn book. Like that's not that's not gonna happen. Like it's that too that's too strong of a gun. That's not realistic. That, that part just made me feel like, ah, you, you messed up. I I wish it would have been like if uh was the uh Daniel Craig, his character would have told uh Andy wear vests some type of a vest, like a bulletproof yeah. vest would have been cool. Like oh, this whole time, secretly she has a nice little vest on, or maybe like her jacket, it's like a specially made, like, I don't know, like a, a bulletproof vest, something bulletproof vest that would have been made more believable than the fucking book, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, so I, I almost, uh, I, I'm, with, I'm with Brandon. I'm not a huge fan of the, of the bullet book trope that seems to be so popular. That <laughs> seems to be so popular. Um, what I would have done is I ever gotten shot. Have her gotten shot and have her just blimped along until the end. Um, there's no reason why she couldn't have 
bound the wound or just gotten shot in the arm or, you know, you could have used something else. It didn't have to be the book. That's just my opinion. I mean, it's Edward Norton. He's also an idiot. Wouldn't it track that he also couldn't shoot? I mean, for fuck's sake. I mean, he did have like the, the napkin. And he never thought of just like ripping it up and throwing it away. He just kept it. I mean, it makes no fucking sense. But he is an idiot, so it does make sense in the, at the end of the story. I mean, yeah. and and it, the story doesn't make sense without that. Without, I mean, and at the end he did burn it. I guess you could say. Yeah, a, a day late. Shit balls. Hello, Shit balls. Go ahead, Jerry. That brings us to the end of review. Now it's time in the podcast where each of the hosts provides a score on the following scale. Eddie, can you provide the scale, please? I certainly can. Well, thank you very much. Uh, zero, the perfect movie. You don't need shit to enjoy it. Uh, one, a filled your first cocktail. Two, a happy buzz. Three, in an Uber lifting home. Four, rough morning watch of shame. Five, blacked out, shit-faced, spring break drunk. Gentlemen, let's start with Sean. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I really enjoyed this movie. It it, it you know, gives me hope in movies to come. It was unique. It was fresh. It was different. Uh, I love a whodunit. A whodunit is my favorite type of uh, story. I just went back and watched The Thin Man from 1930, you know, X. I don't Ooh. remember exactly what it was. Uh, I want them to remake that so bad. Um, this is the type of movie that, that to me, shows a director's caliber and Ryan Johnson has proven that he is a good director. Not only did he do knives out, but he also followed it up with a very good sequel, probably as good, if not better than the first. Um, I think that's a personal opinion, but nobody can argue that one was drastically worse than the other. Uh, For me, was it a perfect movie? No. Daniel Craig was charming and wonderful. I thought some of the other characters, I kind of agree with that with, with Brandon, Bautista eh, was okay. I thought Catherine Hahn was particularly funny, but I've seen her be better. Um, and, and that's a shame because I think she's a magnificently funny actress. Uh, I thought, um, yeah, I thought the cast was fantastic. Overall, the music was good. The, the visuals were good. Um, I'm going to give it a, a one. I think this was a, a really good, good, good movie. Uh, it's a feel good first cocktail to me. If I were just to rate, Knives Out, it would probably be right around the same score. So I'm going to go with a one. Go good first cocktail. Uh, Jeremiah. Um, I love mystery movies and thrillers. I mean, uh, my favorite type of movies are the ones that you can watch one movie and watch it over again and see a whole different type of movie. That's just my my fucking bread and butter, like Clue and like Knives Out, The Thing. You know, you see a whole different movie. And the movie is just it's a better movie when you watch it for the second time around. And the movie is just an awesome rewatch because you can see all the the details, the Easter eggs, you know, the things that are coming uh, front and center. It makes like the viewing just so fucking worth it. I love the shit out of it. You know, I think the cast is great. I think especially Craig Norton and definitely uh, Monet. She was a fucking rock star in this movie, man. She just had a caliber on her that was totally different. The whole cast was fucking great. The writing was cool. And Ryan Johnson doesn't get that much credit, man. I think he's kind of uh, has a scarlet letter on him because of uh, Last Jedi. You know, well, don't fuck the but, pooch, Jeremiah. He's like, I don't know if he's ever going to get over that one here, but Jesus, you know, as long as he keeps doing these movies and you know focusing on like you know Knives Out, Looper, Brick, these are some great fucking movies that you should be watching over and over again. But this movie, I you know, I like Glass Onion just as much as I like Knives Out for me, but I like Knives Out just a little better. So this is a one point. Two five for me, guys. I really enjoyed this movie, Eddie. So I 
I love these type of movies as well. Like I like the I, Clue was a little favorite when I was you know that age. I could go back to Clue, and I'm always going to enjoy that type of. I always forget who's done it uh, when we watch that movie. It always catches me. And I think years to come, I think that's how these movies are going to be seen. Um, I think uh, who's done it is a cool little vibe. I think it goes about to uh, uh, that show. Uh, uh, with uh, Selena Gomez and Steve Martin, what I know, Brandon, you, you only know. murders only in the building, only murders in the building, only murder. Yeah, I get the same. I get the same vibe with that move with that show with this uh, these movies. Uh, but this is how it's supposed to be done. Um, you know, it's a new day and age of Clue. I definitely enjoyed this movie better than Knives Out, but Knives Out is equally as good. I like. I, I agree with what Sean said, but I enjoyed this one better. Um, I feel like you have Edward Norton and Daniel Craig really stood out. And then you have Monet. Uh, those three are your leading act- actors and actresses. And then you had good supporting roles from Kate Hudson and Catherine and David uh, Batista. Yeah. And then uh, I think we even talked about the, the girlfriend who I think it was uh, Madeline Klein. She was good. And then the assistant. Oh, whiskey. Uh, yeah. Whiskey. Oh, shot whiskey. Like- the assistant was funny as shit. Man. The assistant was Pam. funny as shit. Yeah. Pam. Like, or Peg. It was a Peg. Hey, yeah, Peg. Peg. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we, there's just a lot of good supporting actors in this movie. I, I kept personally, I kept thinking it was an assistant or it was the, the girlfriend. Uh, but I mean that, and then I just flipped me uh, around this, this whole time. And then I enjoyed uh, just a whole little puns here and there. And then the movie overall, I will definitely watch this a movie. Is this a, is this a great movie? No. Is it, a, it's better than an average movie. Personally. I enjoyed it. I think you're going to enjoy it if you watch it. I think go out and see it. I'm personally going to give this a two, though. I think it, it falls in my realm of a two, uh, which is better than an average movie for me. That's a happy buzz. Uh, so 2.5 for me would have been an average movie. Uh, this is better than an average movie for me. So, Brandon, finish off. Well well go said, Ed. Um, I, I'm kind of worried because Eddie and I seem to be um, matching up a lot more lately. So I feel like we need to have a device. Sorry. Sorry. You guys have been uh, so Carter cute for the past couple episodes. Can we throw in. Halloween in there? Something. Oh, fuck you. I love you. All right. So <laughs> this, this movie uh, was a real roller coaster for me. And, and I mean that seriously because there was a lot of ups and downs. I started off like we talked about, and it was just kind of down. I was like, this is stupid. The whole box thing. It was supposed to be cute and clever and ah, cool. They're all working together. But to me, I rolled my eyes at it. And then they get to the island and things start to pick up and then it kind of goes down a little bit. And then all of a sudden we get the back or the flashback. And to me, that that turned the whole movie on its head. And I was genuinely excited about it. And then the fucking bullet in the Bible. That one pissed me off. And it really, you know, I know you can't you know, say a story is ruined by one single aspect, but it definitely took me out of the moment. And then, you know, the whole incinerate the entire mansion and, uh, you know, prove that the uh, the clear is is not quite clear it just kind of left me on a sour note i think it's a good movie i don't think it comes near the quality of knives out but what i love about it is is daniel craig we we, t- we talked a little bit about daniel craig um but for me i love watching anybody who enjoys their profession when you see somebody doing something that they do and enjoying the fucking shit out of it then that just makes me smile. Like I watch Daniel Craig and I'm like, this guy's having the fucking time of his life. He's doing this because he wants to do it. And he's just fucking funny, right? Take out the fact that he's James Bond. Take out the fact that he's, he's starred in some of the most serious and depressing movies out there. He's just fucking having fun. And I, it makes me that have that infectious kind of fun atmosphere too. 
what bothered me is that uh, that they didn't just play more into that. And I really think that the ending copped out in a lot of ways. Um, I think that Ryan Johnson could have come up with something a little bit more clever. I think Knives Out was that clever that, that Ryan Johnson shows us that he has. Um, and so for me, it, it's a it's a two. Um, I was going to go two point two five, but you guys actually talked me down from it. So I'm going to go with the two. I think it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. Yeah, I'll watch it again, but I'm not going to go uh, put that on over Knives Out. There you go. And when you put those scores together, Ed, what do we have? Wait, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm unmuting. <laughs> we put the scores together. Divide by four. <laughs> when we combine, when we combine the scores, uh, Eddie, and divide a glass onion, or excuse me, divide by four. What does a glass onion get an average rating of? I really thought Brandon's like shit. Is this my role? Did he give it to me? <laughs> Am I supposed to say something? I'm writing the script now. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so we get a one point five six two five. Jeremiah, where, where does that put us on the list? Where does that put us on the list? It's a pretty of good one. We've reviewed. Okay, so um, it's uh, number seventeenth in our list. Seventeen. What? What is better? Sorry. What is? What is better than number eighteen? Number eighteen. What no, is 19, better than? <laughs> it's right between Pirates of the Caribbean. And also Skyfall. Is it by itself? It's by itself. This yeah. is a by yourself really? type of score. I wonder who screwed up Skyfall okay. because uh, that. Ah, um... uh, what's below? What's below Skyfall? Skyfall is better than this movie. Okay, so Skyfall, Ready Player One, Psycho, Science of the Lambs, and Garden. I mean, and Galaxy Quest are all one point six two five. This movie's better than all those movies. No, no. So is this it, movie's is not it, better than no, any of those. No. Skyfall is what it's supposed to be at. This is uh, the one that got a little high. Rescore, rescore. No. Oh, well. All right. If you enjoy our review or a fan of the podcast, we ask that you please subscribe wherever you're listening. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes. You can find us on Instagram at the.gentlemanpodcast. The dot means a lot. You can visit our website, thegentlemanpodcast.com. Or if you want to reach out to us, you can do so by email at hosts, with an S-H-O-S-T-S, at thegentlemanpodcast.com. Uh, once again, we will be diving into season four of our regularly scheduled podcast here uh, quite shortly, Jeremiah. Um, do we know what movie we've got coming up? Well, we're going to be doing uh, focusing on directors next month for season four. And the first movie that we're going to be doing for our season four is Avatar. Not the one in the theaters, the original one, Avatar. Ah, this is struggle. Sean's pick. OG. Struggle. All right. Well, cheers, <laughs> oh, gentlemen. God. We'll see oh, you. Uh, I guess we'll see you next week, sure. We'll see you next week, everyone. Again, Happy thank you so much for uh, supporting us, and thank you so much for listening. Us. And please share us with your friends. It goes a very long ways. Trust me on that, guys. Thank you. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year.